This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, as always, alongside Michael Burns. Thank you for joining us. If you are new to this podcast, we talk bourbon, we talk baseball, and I welcome in my co-host, Michael Burns. Mikey, how are you doing tonight, dude? Yo, I am great, with the exception of a Cubs loss today, but man, yeah, uh, the Grand Slam yesterday was ridiculous, un- unreal, yeah, mm-hmm. unreal. And we'll get to that game later on in the podcast, but what a game that was, uh, what a two-week start to the MLB season, a lot of different storylines, a lot of history Lots. so far, uh, a lot going on, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you just started T-ball with your daughter, how's that going? We had our first game uh, Tuesday, April. Uh, yeah, Tuesday, April eleventh. It went well. My daughter yeah. was nervous of, oh, of course, all the people go, Bonnie. You know, you know, keep your yeah. eye on it. And my tummy hurts, Dad, but she she stuck through it and she played. She played all in all the innings. The one hour time limit hit us, but hey. it went well. Hey, I, teaching I was them young. A nervous wreck. Yeah, that's good. And you're the head coach, so uh, does Michael Burns have a winning record or a losing record, or do we not we have score? a F is for friends who do we we have a record of fun to fun baby. All right, fun to fun. No, we, no, we, no we lost. I was gonna say you, you still kept score knowing you. Uh, so zero and one. We, well, mark that. we we had we had one inning where our our girls hit three solid balls, but right back at the pitcher, and they had a good good girl the pitcher who threw it right to first. Three up, three down, one inning. Otherwise, we would have won. It's all it's all because of that. You gotta learn to get them in lofted. You gotta teach launch angle, man. Launch oh, angle. Well, they, I taught them to how to hit it straight back up middle, not pull the ball too much, true, and not use the true. hips. True, use all hey, fields. They gotta start using right well. and left field though. Just build up a power. <laughs> Again, this is Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. We welcome you into the Sammy Sosa episode. Episode number twenty one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hop right into this one. Uh, jumping in, you were watching on YouTube, possibly. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button below. If you haven't watched this on YouTube, what are you waiting for? We've got shorts that we've been putting out there. You can go check us out on YouTube. Just search Barrels, the letter N, Barrels Pod, and that's where you can also find us on Instagram. We're nearly to 1,000 followers. I think last check I saw we were at like 945, slowly creeping up. So go ahead head on over to Instagram. We've been putting out a lot of content there, reels, some funny stuff, uh, and, of course, we'll be doing a 1,000 follower giveaway at some point when we get there. And also find us on Facebook. I noticed our Facebook following jumped up like 30 over the last couple of days. So let's keep those oh, numbers yeah. going up. Yeah, we're at like 226, and I think we were at like 199 last time I looked. So just about 30 new followers there. Again, just search Barrels and Barrels Pod. You can email us, Barrels and Barrels. We did get one email, and that is at gmail.com, from Kyle Eaton asking for a sample of the rabbit hole that we gave away last week. So thank you to Kyle, and there was a lot more people who listened. We had more than 100 people listen to that episode, yet we had one email. So I'm calling out every one of you listeners. Also, we put in a poll in our last uh, podcast on Spotify uh, of who we thought the losing team in each division, who had the best chance uh, to come back and win. Uh, the Mariners got 50% of the vote, and the Kansas City Royals got 50% of the vote. The Royals. I mean, I, I mean, so. hey. Hey, 
I think someone was trolling us, but I don't know. And speaking of Spotify, that's where you can find us. We'd love to get a review from you. Uh, we have a five-star rating, uh, but we don't have enough reviews or ratings for it to actually give us all those reviews. So head on over. If you're listening on Spotify, please review us there. Apple Podcasts, we're at 14 five-star reviews out of 14 reviews. So thank you to each and every one of you. We still need more reviews as well. So please, this is asking you, you have this app open, you're listening to us, just please jot down something. Maybe you don't like this show. I don't know. We, we are open to all criticism, all kind words, all words of, hey, we don't like you. Stop it. But, uh, hey, we'd love to hear anything you've got. So, again, go head on over to the social medias. and Give us Twitter. your best. Yeah, give us your best. And on Twitter, you can find us at Barrels and Barrels. We've been pretty active there. Michael's been active on uh, the fantasy baseball side of things. That is Burns BNB on Twitter. And you can find me, WXSpinner89. I did want to shout out my buddy Ryan Post. He is our 64th YouTube subscriber. We're up to 64. Woo, woo. We were at 49 like a month and a half ago. So we're growing. We're growing. And, again, this is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We start with bourbon news. Usually this week is the first time I feel like I haven't had to grab my bottle. Michael's got the bottle and I have this. Let's go. So Mikey, what are we drinking tonight, bud? All right. So we got a, uh, a a release, a Corey release of the Elijah Craig barrel proof. Mm -hmm. And we here we have the latest release of a one, two, three. So if you don't know what that means, what's the, what's the numberage there and the letters there, Brandon? Yeah, so A stands for the first batch release of the year. Uh, so that's going to be the first one that they're putting out on the Elijah Craig brand. Uh, and then one stands for the month of the year that that came out. So that is January. So this came out in January. And then the two three stands for the year. Uh, usually it's a three times a year release, three annual releases as I pour mine into my glass. Um, and they go the A, B, then the C's. I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, but you can see I am a pretty good connoisseur of the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Uh, it's stuff. one of my favorites every year. Um, and I'm going to do a fresh crack on the podcast, I think, as well, as we're going to kind of compare a couple of them. But first, we're going to do a review of the latest one. That is A123, as Michael mentioned. Uh, the bottle is a little different this year, isn't it? Doesn't it have something on the I thought that I saw that they were going to be putting. I know it says 12 years on the side. Isn't it on the front now? No? no, it is not. Nope. It looks the exact same. Do you know the mash bill? I do not know the mash bill. I do know the mash bill. Do you oh, want to no. hear the mash bill? Of course I want to know the mash bill, but are you going to tell me? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I was surprised. Um, I was not expecting it, but it's 78% corn, 10% rye, and 12% malted barley. Or I'm assuming it's malted barley. It just said barley, but I'm going to assume it's malted barley because usually that's how you put it in. Uh, this year's comes in at 125.6 proof. As always, these are 12 years old. Um, so Underrated always, for 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah, and the MSRP is very cheap for a 12-year-old bottle. Right? Yeah, if you think Elijah, about it. Yeah, Elijah Craig, what, the, the father of uh, bourbon? Mm-hmm. Elijah Craig, man, I'm a sucker for EC anything, right? The 94 proof is one of my favorite go-tos at 25 to $30. So anytime I see uh, a barrel proof, I've definitely got to grab it. The toasted, I think, might set the bar for most toasteds as well. Yeah, if you're a Buffalo Trace chaser um, and you continue to pass up Elijah Craig products, not even just the barrel proof, any of the products, mm-hmm. um, give it a shot. It's 
underrated. It's not. I'm not gonna say it's underrated because it's mm. rated fairly well. I think it's the Buffalo Trace gets too yeah. much attention. Well, this when is this guy will be walked past if you someone walks in, asks for Blanton's, they say no, and there's Elijah Craig sitting right there on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a Heaven Hill product, which we've gone over that I am very, very fond of. Uh, most things Heaven Hill, I uh, could just pour down my throat and I'll take uh, anything Heaven Hill. Again, this comes from the distillery uh, in Bardstown. So, first thoughts on the nose. I've got a creme brulee. Yeah, this is actually, I've, I I had a my first crack of this I had the other night. I couldn't resist. But the first thing I noticed, give a little sniff, it, it's just a, a nose bomb. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's strong on the nose of flavor. Yeah. Um, I, I get sweetness a little bit. Not overly sweet, but like you said, maybe the creme brulee, that was a good one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, uh, I definitely get okay. Sweet. Of course. Elijah Craig, you always get yeah. that classic bourbon taste and got like a there, sweet but... cream creme brulee and uh oak a little bit of that cherry dark cherry like a dark fruit to me a uh, very classic bourbon nose to me i love the dark fruit um mm-hmm. aspects of bourbons that always to feed right at the end of the oak you get that uh, a light dark fruit right into the oak it's the perfect that's the classic bourbon thing so i gotta break down the fourth wall uh you don't know this either so it's going to be kind of allowing everybody to learn this at the same time. Uh, I'm in the process of getting a crown on my tooth, and my temporary <laughs> fell off today. So I'm really scared what a 125.6 proof bourbon is going to do to my tooth. Um, so you, you join the ride, and you might want to well, watch on YouTube. Bourbon is one of the only uh, liquors that kill all germs, though. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm scared about. I'm scared of whether it's going to hurt my damn tooth, Michael. <laughs> at least it's, at least the bacteria, if there's any bacteria building yeah, well, from yeah, anything else you're there. doing. I don't have to worry about that, but uh, cold water hurts it, so I'm assuming 125.6%. You're drinking it neat, though. You're yeah. drinking it neat. You're fine. Don't put no ice cubes in it, and you're good. All right, Brandon's taking that sip. Give him a, give him a swish. He's not crying fine. yet, folks. Tooth is Tooth fine. Is fine. Muscling right, it up, man. Muscling it up. Pour, pour another. Pour even another one. Uh, yeah, that's very good. Very oaky. This kind of reminds me of the oak I got with Knob Creek, where it feels like it's drying out the more it's been in my mouth. A little bit tannic, so to speak. If that makes sense. Of the eighteen Knob Creek. Uh, yeah. You remember how I was saying it was very? Uh, it dried me out towards the back half. Maybe it was because I just swished it around my whole mouth, but. This is very good. I do think that this has a little bit of a tannic uh, end to it. Usually that I get that that finish that you're talking about, like the Knob Creek 18, when it's nutty, like finish. Yeah. And that's usually okay. what dries dries the palate mm-hmm. out. But that, I'm getting it lingers on my, as my palate. If I'm talking to you here. It's still, I'm still tasting it, which is it wasn't, of a good bourbon. It wasn't that I was losing taste. It just felt like it was sucking the moisture out of my mouth, so to speak. That makes sense. Yeah, could have been the, the giant swish you did of two. It's, it's probably yeah, and the, the extra tooth. the extra chew. Yeah, and the, the extra chew. Uh, I've got this classic bourbon to me. This is classic Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. Um, it's got some heat to it. Uh, I think it's right around one twenty five. This is a lower too. I've got four bottles here. Uh, 
Okay, B five twenty one is actually one eighteen proof. Only lower. Uh, C nine twenty two is one twenty four point eight, as well as B five twenty two is one twenty one. So again, uh, this is right in the middle of the road. Actually, this is the highest of them all. So I guess not. I did have an Elijah Craig barrel proof uh, back in one thirty one. 20 it was like 136.2 or something like that okay i think it was b520 and boy was that hot but this doesn't sip terribly high for 125 no i would i would say it's like the uh, old forester barrel pick um that mm -hmm. we have tasted that's 131 um it, it is it is you're not used to this kind of fruit it's going to mm -hmm. be spicy and that's all you're going to taste. But if you um if you're enjoy a higher proof, you're able to pull the flavors out a little bit, you know, better flavor out of these higher proofs. Um this is back to, you know, I I'm, I'm going to enjoy this bottle as I've already, already knocked have. a couple of it out. I did my own maybe tasting when I, when I sent you a, your sample. Yeah. Did you put in picks yet? Speaking of that, I did that with my rabbit hole for last week, as I promised. So go check out Picks if you want our ratings on some things. We'll try to get more and more of our reviews in there as well because it'll give you a score and kind of you can see where you may line up. You may have a better palate closer to Michael's. You may have a palate closer to mine, and that might be able to help you out down the road as well when picking out bourbons, uh, which is a great app to use. Uh, and I've I've found a lot of fun with it too, trying to rate and review things just through the Picks app. Oh, I didn't. So many that. options. Yeah, so many There's options. A lot of options like burnt toast or nail polish remover and stuff along those lines. What the, did you say it was last time, last week, did you say? Oh, it was, was a couple like, weeks ago. The new riff, uh, I said it tasted like an ashtray. Is that yeah, what you were talking about? Even last week, it was the opposite of smoky. Oh, dusty. Dusty. That was in there. Yeah. I saw that you were See? able to highlight that was dusty in there. They had that yeah. as an option. I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. I pulled it out before that picks app. Uh, and call it dusty, but it gives you the thought and the option right. there. Again, we're not sponsored by Picks. We would love to be down the road at some point, maybe. Hint, hint. Um, just pointing that out. But uh, overall, what what do you think? What do you pull off of this? I've just got some pepper in it. I do have some pepper in that for as low of a rye uh, percentage. It's hot, but it's not overpowering. I do feel like uh, the finish dries me out still a little bit, but not over overwhelming. Um, I immediately you're going to get spice at this high of a proof. You're going to get, you're going to make, wow, that's hot. And for me, then it calms right down to some of that vanilla sweetness. And then the rye spice comes in. It's a different kind of spice than the, mm -hmm. off the first, first sip. And then it mellows into the oak and into the caramel a little bit. I get caramel on the back so, end the finish for sure. Uh, more so in the back end of the tongue rather than towards the tip on our, podcast rating scale for those of you who don't know we've got a five scale rating if this is your first time listening head on over to our instagram page it breaks down all the ratings top of the top is hall of fame second is all-star third is everyday player fourth is a bench player which is somebody who comes in with a pinch hit here and there maybe spot start to help mix things up and then designate for assignment meaning get out of my house get off my bar get off my team i don't want you so mikey where are you at regarding our rating scale? Um, this is easily an everyday player for me. I think the heat, it would be hard to make it an all-star. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, it's borderline all-star um, just because of, one, the price, the age, 
But I think the heat is hard to go to so often. It's something you gotta gotta be wanting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely for the for the year, for the price, and for the the taste, knows everything. Mm-hmm. It's an everyday player for me. I've got a lot more of a bitterness to it than I expected. It's sweeter on the nose and it's more bitter on the mouthfeel and amount and on the like the palate to me. Uh, mm-hmm. For that, I'm going to give it an everyday player opposed to an all star. I kind of wish that there was a, maybe a little more sweetness on the palate. I don't I don't quite get the vanilla sweetness. There's a lot more oak. There's a lot more spice, uh, white pepper, even a little black peppery to me. Uh, a lot of that cinnamon up front fading. Um, to the oak on the back end. I really like Elijah Craig. I don't think this is their best out there uh, regarding the barrel proof, but there's still more two, two more batches to go. I would buy this if I saw it, uh, and that's why I'm going to give it an everyday player because I would love to have it on my shelf. Obviously, I have four of the last six releases, <laughs> uh, but I guess I... I guess I don't get the A's because I've got the B's and the C's from the last two years. I just haven't found the A's yet. So because usually about the time of the year that you're trying to save from the lottery, you mm-hmm. spent you spent a couple hundred on the lottery, mm-hmm. uh, lottery season, and uh, you're like, I got I got to chill out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give this an everyday player as well, uh, trending more towards a bench everyday player rather than uh, the all star everyday player. So it's like an gotcha. everyday player minus if we're going grades. So he's a league average guy, kind of guy rather than a, yeah. you know, above average kind of guy. Right, for sure. Uh, which is valuable in your lineup, right? You need everybody who's going to be lead, league average to keep your team going. Uh, this is a le- I think that Elijah Craig has put out better stuff. I don't think this is bad by any means. That's my thoughts. There you go. Sticking with bourbon. I, I noticed it on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it. Have you seen Blue Runs building their own distillery and where it's going to be? In the like that- the the drawings for it? I think I saw the picture, the over overhead picture. Yeah, the blueprint. Some special architecture, architectural shape of some kind. Yeah, it's almost got like an infinity look to it. Uh, very futuristic, very cool. Uh, I really enjoy Blue Run. They started in 2020. I didn't even realize it was that young. Uh, that's oh, wow. one. Yeah, um, and they've put out... We tried it, we yep. tried it at, uh, at Brinkman's together. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was flavorful. Yeah, very flavorful. I have yet to get my own bottle. It's very hard to get. Uh, every once in a while, they do some uh, releases online. I think through Sealbox, and I was trying to get one of the the weather themed ones. I think it was Seattle downpour or something like that, and it was sold out within thirty seconds. By the time I got it into my cart, by the time I went to go put in my credit card information, that ten seconds it took to go to the next page, it was all sold out. Uh, but they're building, they're building a new cool building. Uh, it's expected to open in 2025, so two years, and it's in Georgetown, Kentucky, which is just a couple miles north of Lexington, so it should be only about an hour drive from Cincinnati or maybe a little less, uh, so I'm excited about that, and Blue Run, I love all the things from Blue Run that I've tried, uh, and I can't wait to try more. Uh, they're putting out great stuff. I know a lot of that's coming from Bardstown right now, where they just had their own, uh, I believe their Blue Run barrel picks, uh, or they just had this really cool event that they did a live stream. 16 barrels um, were given out, basically. Not given out, but you were chosen and you could select it. I put barrels and barrels in, but we didn't We didn't win. Sorry. I was hoping to surprise you, but we didn't you, win. You didn't win a contest, Brandon? That's... <laughs> I, w- I lose a lot more than I win, Michael. You just I don't know, I man. You you win you win all the contests. 
I don't know. Look, I won this. I won this bottle here. I won this. They sent well, me this. Sometimes, if you're one of five people to enter a contest, you've got a good percentage of winning. Speaking of that, we're almost at a thousand followers on Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. We'll be giving something away to anyone who follows us. You've got a chance. So again, one thousand followers. We're a little bit away from that. So last week, uh, we talked about in trivia. There was a Gary Sheffield question. And I asked if he was a Hall of Famer. We never actually checked back on that, I realized, in the podcast. He's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, he did get 55% of the vote in 2023. So he's close. He needs 75% of the vote to actually uh, be voted into the Hall of Fame. So he's close. He had 40% last year. But this was his ninth year, and he's got one more year, I believe, of eligibility. So it's going to be close going into next year. Do you know what his statistics are, though? Have you seen any of this have you looked up anything about gary sheffield's statistics and would you put him in the hall of fame i haven't looked at his statistics do you have them up or you want me to look them up yeah i've got them up 509 home runs 200 oh, 500 club yep 2689 hits 253 stolen bases an on-base percentage of 393 a slugging of 514 that's good for an ops of 907 with a career war of 60.5 over how many years? It looks like he played 22 years in the big leagues for oh, wow. six different teams. Do you want to know who he came into the league with? Who he came for, into the league with? Um, was it the Marlins? In 1988. Well, 1988? At the age of Marlins 19, weren't even in existence. <laughs> he, he was the age of 19 when he came into the league with the Milwaukee Brewers in the American League. American League Central. Yep. So the Brewers at the age of 19, and then he went to the Padres, the Marlins, uh, and then the Dodgers. I forgot about the, the years with the Dodgers. Atlanta for two years, New York Yankees, Detroit, and then he finished off with the New York Mets. So He was only with the Braves two years? That must have been like a big O two and push 03. for them. 2 and 03, and he got uh, all-star year, and he was third in the MVP voting in 03. He, uh, I remember at Turner Field they had a big sign in right the upper right deck that was Chefs Chefs and everyone mm -hmm. got a Chefs hat over there. That's what, what you're saying last week. It looks like he was a seven, eight, nine-time All-Star, uh, Silver Slugger Award winner five times. So I would put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't. I wonder if it's like the steroid era kind of deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He a lot of those guys should be that have the stats to get in aren't getting the votes. Mm -hmm. But his first year with 42 home runs was in 1996, really before the boom, 98, when steroids were rampant. He had 22. Mark McGuire was already big. Yeah. Sammy Sosa was already big. Oh, sure. Okay. You keep telling yourself. How about Baird Mons? He was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he was a Hall of Famer before he took the juice. But uh, yeah. even his last year, he hit 10 bombs with the Mets, hit 276 over 312 plate appearances, and he had 100 games played. So even at the age of 40, dude retired at 40, came into the league at 19 years old. Insane. But he's not in the Hall of Fame. So that takes us into our next trivia question. Uh, I heard this the other day, so hopefully you didn't hear it as well. Uh, but we're going to find out. There are two pitchers to be in the top five of two separate franchises when it comes to wins as a pitcher. Do you know who those two are? Top five in franchise wins. So for two different franchises, this guy, or there are two of them, are in the top five of two different franchises for all-time wins. 
for a pitcher. Let's go. So I'm, I got two two guys I got count. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go with Pedro Martinez. Okay. As one. The other one that comes to mind, I don't know who else he played for besides the Yankees, but Roger Clemens comes up. So let's just say Roger Clemens and Pedro. Are those your final answers? Yes. That is incorrect for both of them. Uh, Roger Clemens is not in the top 10 for the Astros. Uh, he would be also in the because he pitched for the Blue Jays and the Yankees and the Red Sox, and it does not look like he is in the top five for either of those. Nope, it's not Clemens. It is not Pedro. You ready for the answer? It's like Greg Maddox. It's not Greg Maddox either. It is Fergie Jenkins. Fergie. Fergie. He has 167 with the Cubs, which is fifth in franchise history. And is 93 with the Texas Rangers, which is fourth in their franchise's history. And the second one, you might beat your head over this one. Randy Johnson. Oh, I was thinking about Diamondbacks in Seattle? Yes, he is the all-time leader for the Diamondbacks, 118 wins. And he is third on the list in Seattle with 130 wins. Do you know who are the two pitchers ahead of him in Seattle? In Seattle? Mm-hmm. Uh, Felix Hernandez. That is the number one franchise leader. Do you know who's number two? And number two? You won't get it. I was like, no, I was no really way. surprised. He was a former Cub. Is he in our generation? Loosely, yes. He pitched for a long, long time. Ted Lilly. No, that would be Jamie Moyer. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a good Dude pitched for like 400 years, so he should lead some <laughs> franchise. He pitched for the Phillies for like 20 years. He pitched for the Mariners for like 20 years. He was with the Cubs. I believe he pitched with Maddox on the Cubs. But a uh, pretty good trivia question there. That was during the Cubs game on Saturday. They played that. Uh, I believe Fergie was like the player of the uh, player of the game, as in like they, they talk about old players from back in the day. He was their recap of that. So now transitioning into baseball portion of the Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Really crazy couple of weeks here in baseball. I think the top story, though, has to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Rays Insane. off to a hot start. I don't know if anybody would have guessed it, but mm, they neither are. Of us did. Yeah, neither of us did. Neither of us have them in the postseason. I'm pretty sure you might. You might. I think. Uh, I I have them in as a uh, wild card currently. As we record this, they are up eight to seven in the top of the eighth. They were actually up by a score of 8-3 to three versus the Red Sox, and the Red Sox have come back. So I can't crown them 12-0 uh, in this episode yet, but I think they're going to be 12-0. Uh, what's crazy is their first nine games, did you know that they won by at least four runs or more in every single game? They've been destroying everybody. They have um, not just pitching, but hitting as well. Mm-hmm. Their their uh, run differential is already Ridiculous. looking mid season like. Put this in perspective. Coming into tonight's game, they'd given up twenty runs total within the first eleven games. That's less than two a game. Now they did just give up seven to the Red Sox tonight, so that puts them at twenty seven through twelve games, which is still just over two runs a game, which you would take. Their run differential coming into tonight was sixty three. Oh my gosh. Now there That's is mid-season form, I yeah. bet. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
the next highest, as I do a quick look, seems in the at least AL is the Yankees at 28. In the NL, uh, the biggest run differential currently is the Brewers at 24. So, like, they triple basically the Brewers and they double by more than the Yankees, 28 to 63. So, incredible start. They have played the Royals and the A's for a couple of their series. So we have to kind of tamp that down a little bit, but hey, uh, they, they, they lead the league in home runs in home run. They're oh yeah. 29, 29 home runs. Around. And that was coming into tonight. I think they hit three more. So I believe they're at 32. So Good insane news. stuff. They've got a three and a half game lead over the Yankees. Um, I do think they are going to fall back to earth a little bit, but, uh, We'll see. We're going to talk with another expert gambler and uh, handicapper about uh, handicapping futures bets two weeks into the game, as well as like maybe some values you might want to look at regarding uh, maybe jumping in on a future here two weeks into the season. You can listen for that later on in the episode. So Tampa Bay Rays. Do you know, do you know where they, the Rays fall on the most, the, the most wins to start the season? I know that it's the most in the wild card era. Right, uh, and I believe and... they are second or third. Well, there's a couple of teams in the 1800s that started like 13 and 0 or 12 and 0, but I think the Yankees were they like 14 and 0 in 1927 or 1928. No, it's uh, so you're right. It is that they're right now tied 11 and 0 for the most wins in a wild card era, but then in 1982 and 1987 the record is 13 and 0. The Atlanta Braves in 82 and the Brewers in 87. Neither okay. one of them finished with fantastic records uh the braves 89 and 73 was good enough for first in the nl east and the milwaukee brewers in 87 91 and 71 third in the al east they missed the postseason. that was the the brewers brewers when apparently they were in the al east <laughs> well it's like we said last week it's early right we're only two weeks in 11 games now that if they go 12 and 0 That'll be not even 10% of the season yet. Uh, still helps their position. I wonder where Frank, Fangraphs would put their percentage, percentages uh, to get into the playoffs. Let me look that up real quick. But, uh, on the flag behind me just fell. On the flag. Well, uh, Michael is renovating his house. I don't know if you've noticed. In the last five episodes, he's been in five different locations or has had five different backdrops. <laughs> uh, so the playoff odds. Let's look at this by fan graphs so this is this is as of nine o'clock on uh april the 12th the rays have the highest percentage to win the world series right now at 10 percent or 10.5 percent uh they have a uh, percentage to make the playoffs a 92 percent potential 92 that's, <laughs> yes that's huge uh, so, 94% for the Braves is the highest I've seen so far. So 94% really? for the, the Braves. The Braves yeah. are higher than the Rays at this point. Uh, yep. I think the NL East is much tougher than uh, – is not much tougher, but tougher than the AL East. I think the amount of talent and the amount of teams potentially wild card wise in the AL is a little higher than the NL. So that's what probably what would sway the percentages, right? Like – uh, theoretically, the entire AL East could make a run like they did last year at a wild card, right? Even the Red Sox at five and six um, have a higher percentage than the Orioles to make the playoffs right now. Uh, the White Sox, the Guardians, and the Twins, you think theoretically could 
be a wild card contender with whoever doesn't win that division. And then right now, four out of the five teams in the AL West have a potential of 20% or higher. Uh, the Mariners, the Rangers, the Angels, and the Astros uh, currently all have a chance. Um, so you could say that there's a lot more teams in the AL. So that might be why the percentage is just slightly less for the race. Maybe slightly. I think the surprise division right now is the NL West. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks off to a hot start. The Rockies not looking too awful. And the Diamondbacks the not being up there. Diamondbacks eight and five. You know what their percentage to make the playoffs is? Uh, I would hope it's in the. Uh, I still think it's going to be in the seventies. They still don't think they're going to do well. Twenty percent chance to make the playoffs oh. as of today. Uh, and the Cubs sitting they, they, at sixteen point six percent. The Diamondbacks have pieces. I think they could make a run. They, they have. Drew Jamison just came up and has made his first start today. That was fantastic. Uh, they've got the minor league strikeout leader of the year waiting in the background. Or waiting, in the, not in the background, but in the minors, waiting AAA in the wings. That's Brandon Fart, right? Brandon Fart, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got, up t- they've got a talented team of, of, of guys. Brandon McCarthy, Carbon mm-hmm. Carroll, Alec Thomas. Did you say Vitale Brandon Marte McCarthy? in the team. Did I say Brandon? That's not did. Brandon McCarthy. <laughs> I was like, he pitched for the w- White Sox a long time ago. Is it Brandon McCarthy though, the outfielder? Uh, it might be. Pretty it might sure be it a double. It might be the same name, different player, just like a bunch of Josh Fields, right? Uh, yeah. But then to finish that off is Christian Walker. Yeah, the first, first baseman, first base, underrated. Yeah. yeah, very underrated. I remember he had a couple a breakout year a couple years ago, and I was like, who is this guy? Uh, next story I want to talk about is, did you see the O'Neill Cruz injury the other day in uh, the Pirates-White Sox game? Yeah. Sad stuff um, there. It, it's really unfortunate. Uh, a guy who was hitting the ball harder than Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. Just six raking. Foot six, seven. Playing shortstop. He was immense, immensely talented. Um, it's really unfortunate what happened. Um I think he was he was the the catcher rule is there to protect both catchers and the runners of mm-hmm. no collisions. The catcher gave him the outside lane like he's supposed to, and for some reason he went right into the catcher. Yeah. Late slide. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's Carlos Santana, the veteran. He's going to be backing up his his teammate as he's supposed to as a veteran. Right. Um, but I really I really think that that collision there was O'Neill Cruz's fault. The catcher gave him the outside. He went right at the catcher. Late slide. You should be Trey Turnering that, Javi biasing it, head mm-hmm. first, reaching as far as you can, one-handed. Um, yeah, it's really, but still, doesn't doesn't matter how it happened. Um, it's still unfortunate that Ona Cruz is going to miss a third to half the season with a fractured ankle. Yeah, and he's one of the most talented young guys in the league. Last year we saw him when he came up. He struggled a little bit, but like you mentioned, dude can rake, and he's got a cannon too. He's uh, pretty close to a five-tool player. He's the tallest shortstop, I think. Mm-hmm. He, he makes records for how tall he is in playing right. shortstop. Usually you want that shortstop a little closer to the ground, but yeah. we'll see if he stays there. I'm looking at CBS's playoff percentage. Do you know what they have the Diamondbacks at? To make, Diamondbacks just to make the playoffs. The Diamondbacks, just to make the playoffs. Well, You said to win the division was 25? No, that was just to make the playoffs. On fan graphs, they were 20.0% just to make the playoffs. Oh, now you're on CBS. Now I'm on CBS. Their percentage is CBS eight. is going to be all eight. 
because they just the Dodgers. They love the Dodgers yeah, so hard. Everybody well, does. There must be something wrong with the CBS algorithm because it's already got the Rays at hundred percent, the Yankees and the Blue Jays at hundred percent, the Guardians at one hundred percent, and the Astros and Mariners at one hundred percent, which I think is all of last year's teams. So they may not have reset that in the app. But uh, oh may, yeah, makes sense. Uh, but it's funny calling you out, CBS. Um, Get it together, Scott White. <laughs> So, uh, so the Pirates—they've actually been a surprise team so far. Obviously, twelve games in, but seven and five, second in the NL Central. A team that we talked about last week that um, was kind of one of those uh, a little too early to kind of make a decision. The Seattle Mariners have had a roughish start to their season. Uh, they did just beat the Cubs today, and that puts their record currently at uh, fourth in their division at five and eight. Um, what have you thought of the Mariners so far? They've just played the Cubs for three games, so we've got a pretty good look. Uh, What's their on... differential? What's up? What is their run differential? Uh, their run differential is currently minus two. Youth. Yeah, 59 to 61. Okay. 59 to 61, so they're scoring, but they're... they're... Yeah, in 13 they're games, scoring. they've given up 61 runs, so that's more than four a game. So is Gilbert just not giving, you know, Gilbert, Kirby, and Castillo not holding down? And Ray. I mean, they gave, they gave up, to, what, how many runs to the Cubs last night? Yep, 14. That doesn't help. No. Nope. Um, so the young, young staff, mm-hmm. it's, again, early. Maybe they always say, but the problem is they always say pitchers are ahead of hitters. Yep. But it seems like this season hitters are ahead of pitchers this mm-hmm. year. And you wonder, is it the pitch clock messing with them? Is it Could the be. pickoff attempts messing Could. with the timing? Because stolen bases are off the chart. Remember during spring training, everybody was saying that pitchers were going to have more of the advantage with the pitch clock because they could dictate the tempo. But now I think that it's really proving that hitters are uh, having a much better better role of things. Yeah. And it's hurting ERAs. It's, it's increasing runs. Mm-hmm. That those guys can get on first base, can steal second. I mean, that's how they think the Cubs did today off uh mm-hmm. nico got a single stole second and then the second madrigal batter involved madrigal yeah. oh was it was yep. it madrigal maybe i'm yep. thinking yesterday then because it was swanson now the game i was watching no i didn't yep. watch yesterday's game was swanson in there today no dansby sat out today hurt because he got hurt yesterday in the fifth inning uh but speaking of yesterday the cubs and the mariners game as we transition from the mariners sort of uh that game was incredible so i want to tell you my story about it we started the podcast with it but so I was in the garage working out, and I got a notification that Eddie Eugenio Suarez hit a two-run homer, and then all of a sudden it was seven and nothing. And I was like, "Oh well, this game's done. Uh, I cannot worry about this one." And I finished my workout, and I got a notification and it said the Cubs were up eight to seven. I was like, "What the hell happened?" It was the third <laughs> inning. <laughs> it was a good day to have the over. I had over ten and a half. Uh, so cashed that ticket gambling was, uh, gamble responsibly. Uh, but, um, the Cubs ended up winning 14 to nine in that game. Nelson Velasquez, you mentioned at the top of the show, the grand slam, how sick was that? He just got called up yesterday. And that was almost, um, uh, Len Casper, not Len Casper. Uh, he's with the White Sox. Boog Shambi. Not Boog, uh, JD. JD. JD right before that. Right before the home run, kind of called it. He said, "Man, what would this place would be like if if he hit a home run right now?" 
and he got a pitch up that he could handle, mm-hmm. and he put that thing 396 feet into the bleachers. Uh, it looked like it was a little further than that, too. That ball was crushed. Up in the zone, 3-1, he got to extend his arms. Uh, this Cubs team's fun to watch. Dansby's been really fun. Uh, Ian Happ just signed a three-year, $61 million extension That's today. Great. That's um, great. Cubs signed somebody. Yep, so that's two who have signed an extension of three years, him and Nico. So we've got them for another three years. Uh, It's fun to see what they're doing on the north side. Hopefully they can continue this kind of baseball over the next couple of weeks. They are currently 6-5, and I believe. They missed a game last week versus the Reds because of a rainout. Uh, But they're going into a a couple of weekend games um, here on the road, and then they're heading to Oakland before they come back to Chicago to face the Dodgers. And uh, I will be at a couple of those games next week. Hopefully, we may have a special guest with us as well. Uh, transitioning into a different NL Central team. Have you seen what Jordan Walker's done? The dude has a MVP stat line right now. It's insane. Um, so, Jordan. Yeah, he's, he, he threw through 11 games to start his career. Dude's batting 326, 370, 512. Yeah, uh, that translates to 14, 14 hits, and four of those are for extra bases. Fifteen hits now because he got another hit today. Uh, it's insane. He has twelve straight games to start the season. He's got a hit that ties a record. He passed Ted Williams with the record, and he now is tied with Eddie Murray uh, with twelve games to start a career. At 20 years or younger, since 1900, 12 games to start a career with a hit. That ties Eddie Murray back in 1912. The only other person to do it was Ted Williams in 1939. He had nine. Wow. Yeah. That's who I guess I'd be uh, picking Jordan Walker on my beat the streak, which I need <laughs> yeah. to see if I can still catch. No, but it's too late. Yeah. Uh, so he made his major league debut March 30th, and he has not gone hitless yet in a single game. Uh, he's got. He 15. might be the only highlight. He might be the only highlight uh, for the Cardinals right now. Not Tyler O'Neill. Did you see what happened there? Man, so I have. I'm a Tyler O'Neill fan. Dude swole. Dude hits yeah. bomb. 2021, he hit 34, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he was injured last year. Hamstring issues. And they have a, yeah, they have a crowded outfield this year, and um, I think he was ready to break back out into 2021. And I. Th- I, I I didn't see you couldn't see the whole you could only see so much. Yeah. But the guy I think knew who the ball was hit to right field and was expecting to stop at third, but his coach waved him on. Yeah. So he was kind of already slowing down up to round third and run home, where everybody looked like Tyler O'Neill was not even running. Why was the right. dude not running hard? Well, then he got smoked. I mean, absolutely yeah. smoked at home by Ronald Acuna Jr. right field. Got a the ball was hit hard. Yeah, ball was hit hard. Probably was not the right send. So O'Neal was unexpectedly, when that ball was hit, knew he was going to stop at third, and coach mm-hmm. waved him. So I And then his coach, of course, I don't get this. I don't get why are you going to publicly call out your guys. And this like early Tyler in the O'Neal? season, too, right? If it was a trend over and over again, I kind of understand it, but this early in the season, it was what the fifth or sixth game. You're trying to ruin your clubhouse. You're trying to Tony Larusa your clubhouse, and I mean, you you want to be riding. You want to be getting that 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 clubhouse on a high, mm-hmm. not to be putting somebody down. And um, that, like I said, they have a crowded outfield. I think 
just because of this, Tyler O'Neill is going to be squeezed out mm-hmm. with Jordan Walker moving to outfield. Dylan Carlson out there, Lars Newtbar. Mm-hmm. They got one one other somewhere yeah. out there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Tyler O'Neill just because of what he did in 21. And he's swole. Oh, yeah, dude, dude, dude is, is jacked. Swole. Dude is jacked. Uh, the son of Paul O'Neill, right? I believe so. Uh, the former yeah. Yankee and uh, – mm-hmm. Uh, he played for a couple other teams and franchises, but so at the time of the benching, I was like, "Hey, there was there was a tweet that uh, maybe they should just they, they should just trade him." And uh, I was like, "Hey, I know the Cubs have, <laughs> but they would never trade interdivision." Like no, that. no, not at all. Yeah, Tyler O'Neill, uh, he is currently nine for thirty-five this year, two ninety-seven OBP, OPS plus of uh, seventy-five. Not the best start. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm sure a lot of that comes to what happened. He is uh, Canadian. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So the next guy, I want I I I uh, have a little bit of favoritism to last year, not as much this year because I traded him away. Fantasy is Sandy Alcantara. Mm-hmm. Former uh, former so Cardinal, former, who got traded to the former Marlins. Cardinal for Mar- Marcelo <laughs> Zuna. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever laugh at that trade because I just saw the highlight again the other day. Do you remember when Ozuna tried to rob a home run and it fell like 15 feet in front of the warning track and he fell off the wall and hurt himself? Absolutely. We'll remember, we'll remember that. He went, thought he was going to rob a ball and then all of a sudden he... Did he get injured on the play too? Falling off th- the wall? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, so Sandy Alcantara last year, Cy Young, um, has started... I think three games. Three yeah, games. Three games. Game two. The overall line doesn't look great. He's got a 5.79 ERA. He got roughed up the other night. Yeah, he got hammered by the Philadelphia Phillies. Nine runs on 10 hits over four innings. Yep, but that was after game two. Did you see what he did in game two? Yeah, game two, complete game. He was, he was his usual Sandy Alcantara self. I, I call him Greg um, Maddox. 100 pitches. Shutout, complete game, nine innings, and I believe that game finished in one hour and fifty-eight minutes. You're you're correct. It was it was so fast. One zero game, complete game, no pitching changes. Yeah, yeah, a uh, classic Greg Maddox type of game. He was the NL uh, Cy Young last year, so I'm. He's kind of the only like bright spot for the Marlins overall, right? Like they've got some young talent, but like that is the guy on their team, and if he's got that. Gr- start to the season i think it's gonna be rough i see you did did you pick no you picked uh spencer strider uh to win your nl cy young i i had a thought that he was gonna regress he wants to pitch more he was the guy who pitched like 225 innings last year um right sandy yeah i think so sandy yeah sandy had a pitched like four complete games yep something like that but his his start that he got hammered that he got hammered, he was perfect through the first two innings. All the damage happened in the third and fourth. Yep. Ooh. But yeah, last year, Sandy, 2022, 228 innings, 14 and 9. The previous year, he started one more game than that, went 205, but was 9 and 15. Huh. So he didn't look like any kind of superstar. Right. Um, in 2021 and 2022, man, uh, career year right there. 
14 and 9, 228 innings, six complete games. Yeah, nasty stuff last year. Which uh, one did you just pour? Um, the 521, B521. Fresh crack of the 521. Took two, Brandon almost two years to crack that bottle open. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I may have gotten it last year. And like just seeing it sitting around, you know, you ever seen that where you're like, why is that still around at a store? I think that's how it was. This is dusty to me right off the nose. Like it's dusty. Eh? Yeah. Dusty. It's got that same nose though. Creme brulee. It's not, no, dark cherry. Not as, it's not it's as sweet. Not as hot on those. Depth, I mean, it's almost 10, 10 proof less. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not as sweet. It's still, I've got creme brulee and dark cherry. Uh, well, I and a lot more vanilla on this one, I think. I think that the sweeter notes are easier to pick out and something less hot. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't smell as sweet as the other one did. I thought A120, yeah, that smells way sweeter as I go. Which one does? The first one, A123. Yes, I, I would agree with you. A123 smells sweeter. I've got two of them uh so i'm gonna go back and forth between the two uh but let's keep going on through baseball uh stolen bases that has been even hotter of a topic we talked about it a lot last week but uh man uh the the guardians the diamondbacks their team's stealing some bases out there and it's pretty cool now, pretty cool to see it started off pretty hot i think it slowed down a little bit but your top five, top six guys, stolen base leaders, the guys who have six stolen bases or five, um, is Jorge Mateo, Miles Straw with six. Mm -hmm. And then there is one, two, three, four, five guys tied with five stolen bases. That's Corbin Carroll, Ronald Acuna. That, that knee is feeling pretty good. And then Gleyber Torres, Nico mm -hmm. Horner, and Cedric Mullins, and Tim Anderson. And Tim Anderson... Uh, just hit the IL with a knee, so maybe his knee uh, isn't doing too well now. And Tim Anderson always on the injured list, it seems. Uh, there are nine teams with 10 steals or more uh, so far. Get this. Both Arizona and Baltimore have 17 stolen bases and one caught stealing. The Guardians are at 19-2 as a team. Uh, and the White Sox are 13 and 0, so they have yet to get caught on the base pass. Really? It just, like, That's to me, awesome. it seems like uh, the teams that are really taking advantage of it are having a very high success rate. The worst team right now, the team with the least amount of steals are the Twins. They have won with three attempts, and they've been caught twice. But, like, I count one, two, three, four, five different teams, six different teams that have yet to get caught on the base paths. So the success rate. I wonder I, if, yeah, success rate. There you go. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, I wonder how many how many of those guys um, are just aren't trying. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I think stolen bases is leading to some more runs out there for sure. It's leading to more action too. It's more fun when you see a runner in play because right. It's even if the ball's not put in play, there's action on the field where we for the longest time. Stolen bases, have, we talked about it in our rules episode, continued to trend down and down and down. Now it seems like with it spiking up, there's a lot more action. It's a lot more fun to watch games. Yeah, in the StatCast era, the percentage of increasing that run scoring, a runner being on first from sacrifice bunts and stolen mm -hmm. bases 
just shows that it wasn't worth it to try. Right. And now we're seeing that big guys are easy, more easily able to steal, and it's obviously more valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, this is definitely softer on the palate, for sure. As I go back to the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B521, doesn't have as much flavoring to me though as the A123. I don't think it's what soft. If you went from high, so higher proof to lower proof. If that hurt you at all, hurt your palate? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But did you just pull from 521? Yeah, this is 521. I put it. What did What did you think? It's definitely softer. I would give it more like more caramely mm-hmm. feel to it than spice. It's I'm able to pull out those fruit those fruits more than I am spice. It's on the sweeter side of things on the palate. Uh but it's not as I don't think it's as robust. I think that it's not as complex. It's more plain than the eight one twenty three. Could be that I went from one twenty six to one eighteen, but this just feels more thin uh, where it's not as full bodied. Does that make sense? I would guess that I would guess you're a, you're you are very affected by going from 126 to 118. Could be. That's a, that's a that not only is it just going lower proof. That's a big jump. That's a yeah. 126 is high. Oh, for sure. 118 is high too. Right. But after after being at 126, who knows? All right. Well, uh, well if you're pouring one, you're, if you're going to pour another, I'm going to guess you would pour the B521 again over the A23. Uh, I'm probably going H123 out of the two right now. I I think that there was more complexity and more, um, more of a body to it, right? Like I felt like it felt, filled the mouth better. It, uh, had more of a coating than the 118 proof. Uh, again, it could be the proofing, but I think that there's more flavor. Uh, it's a little spicier, so that could be part of it. Uh, I don't like an overly spicy rye hit, but this seemed like it had more um, than just like this is like a single. My, yeah, my favorite word is complex. Complex mm-hmm. flavors, complex uh, palate. Uh, I, I agree with you. The A123 is more complex. You get more pieces out of it. It's five to a player compared to. Um, well, it, it's more. It's more. It's more like a five to a player than than uh, the B five twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I, I not think that it is, but right. I think I think we're both on the same page there. Speaking of on the same page, uh, Aaron Judge versus the the Baltimore Orioles, another two home runs on Sunday. Do you know where that puts him overall versus the Orioles in his career? Well, they just moved the fences in, in. didn't they, in yeah. Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Um, I, and over his career, the Baltimore has not been good. How many home runs does he have against Baltimore by itself? I want to say at least fifty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. That's a, that's a year's worth right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and normally the Yankees destroy the Orioles, and I think Orioles won Game One on Friday, which they celebrated that game. I believe like they had won the World Series because they finally beat the Yankees. I think the Yankees went like something like eighteen and one or seventeen and two versus Baltimore last year. Uh, and that's they've really just been destroying Baltimore the last several years. So yeah, Judge Judge is uh tied for fourth and most strikeouts in the league to start mm-hmm. the year. 
still early, but still, um, still a great stat line though. 342, 417, 658. So how many bombs? They're hitting it. How many bombs? Four bombs at yeah. the time of this recording. Yeah. So, uh, as we're looking at the time of this recording, I wanted to do a standings update. Uh, of course, there are some games going on. Oh, real quick, I want to talk about last night. I watched the Toronto Blue Jays and Detroit Tigers game. Your boy Alec Manoa uh, had a rough start. Uh, at least the second inning, he had a three-run home run uh, by Matten, Nick Matten, uh, on Detroit. Settled down from there. But did you see the catch by Kevin Kiermeyer? I tweeted it out on our account the moment it happened. So oh. it was his first game in new Rogers center with the blue Jays. Cause he'd been with the Rays for the longest time. So he's played a lot in Toronto, but they just redid their field or at least the outfield. It looked really right. good. Uh, they changed the dimensions of the stadium. They changed the height of the walls. It always used to be 10 feet from foul pole to foul pole, kind of cookie cutter. They've changed it a bit. It looks really nice. I think I need to get to Toronto at some point here soon to go check out Rogers center. Uh, but in center field you do that, eh? <laughs> Yeah, up there. We'll go see and say sorry. Say hi there. It's about time. About time. Get some Stan's Donuts and some coffee uh, and go check out the Blue Jays. Uh, and then maybe... Uh, a little Canadian and, re- and Boston accent yeah. mixed in right there. <laughs> F you, Michael. You got your khakis? You yeah. got your khakis in your, in your pocket? Hey, Pac McCann, how would you You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, got to head out to... T- Toronto's one of the 10 that I haven't been to. But now that they've redone it, it looks really cool. Kevin Kiermeyer robbed a home run at the stop at the top of the second inning. Insane. Like and they were like, it was his first game here and he already robbed a home run and he's known for doing it, right? Like right. it took Defensive one best. game. Defen- one of the best center fielders in the game. Defensively. And, and the Rays just won to make it twelve and zero, So they are officially twelve and zero. Uh win for the record. Yep. Tie the record. So this feels moneyballish right here. Kind of, kind of. They still probably won't win the World Series. Uh, but so standings updates. Neither with that said, uh, Toronto. I know we talked about them last week. Um, did you know that that was last night? That was their first game in Toronto. So they were the last team to have a home opener. Ten games into the season. That's kind of ridiculous. That's okay. But still, okay. like they were off to a slow start, right? Everybody was saying they had a slow start. They were six and four. Last week we were talking about how they were last in the division, right? In the AL East. They're now third at seven and four. Uh they had a huge comeback. Oh, that's another game with a huge comeback. Did you see that on Sunday versus the Angels? Yes, I did see that they were one. Down I did like see seven that nothing game. as well or six nothing and came back yep. and won that game. Six six nothing. Yeah. Oh man. So the standings, the Rays lead the AL East, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Red Sox to round that out. The Twins, the Guardians, the White Sox, the Royals, the Tigers in that order uh, with the Twins at 8-4 and four and the Guardians at 7-6. and six. And then in the AL West, this one's probably been the most topsy-turvy of them all. The Rangers and the Angels are atop the division. The Rangers 7-4, and four, Angels 7-5. and five. Astros, after a win today, are only 6-7. and seven. And my yes. team... I mean, that I picked to win the World Series. The Mariners are five and eight so far. Uh, I do think they may have the the pitching is going to start to turn around and they're going to start to get some wins. Uh, but the Athletics are two and nine. While we're with the Astros, I got I got. Did you see Evan Gaddis tweeting out? Yes. Whether he would have had a few drinks and he was part of B and B at night or mm-hmm. something. But Evan Gaddis tweeting out, he knew that he knew. What was coming from CC Sabathia in the in the ALCS 2000, 
2017. Yeah. 2017. Someone asked him, "Did you? Does that mean you knew what was coming?" And he said, "Yes." Yep. He, he tweeted a lot more. Go check. I don't know if he if it's still there, but or if he was on a. I on saw it on John Boy Media. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Evan Gaddis was on some kind of run uh, <laughs> earlier this week that he was just tweeting out. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah, I heard the trash can. Yeah, I hit that home run off Zabathia. Who knows? Uh, who who knows? Everybody everybody knew everybody knew it was happening, and right. he actually is admitting it there. Uh, good for him, honestly. Right, and good to him. I mean, it's out there, so at least embrace it. The other guys are just like, no, 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 no. Like Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman. Moving on, NL East. My, my, my tattoo. <laughs> what tattoo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. NL East, the Braves at eight and four, Mets seven and six. Uh, the Phillies are still towards the bottom of that division in fourth, behind the Marlins. Marlins six and seven, Phillies four and eight. Phillies are coming into Cincy for four games set here for the next couple of games, so they'll probably get healthy here. And then the Nationals at four and nine. NL Central, Brewers eight and four, Pirates seven and five, Cubs six and five, Cardinals five and seven, Cincinnati Reds at four and six. And then the NL West, as Michael mentioned, uh, kind of different. Uh, Diamondbacks eight and five, Padres seven six, Dodgers six and six, Giants five and six, five and eight for the Rockies. Still very early uh, here so far, but uh, the one. What's your biggest surprise of the NL right now? Who's your biggest surprise? We either doing well or doing bad. What's your biggest surprise? Uh, biggest surprise in the NL right now, I would probably say the Cardinals being so bad. But I'm, I'm, I knew the Diamondbacks had a talented team, and it's still early. But I, I think the way the Cardinals have played, they just have not looked good. They've got a bad run differential. Like, the Diamondbacks have gotten lucky, if you think about it. They've got a run differential of minus two, yet they're still leading that division. Where the Cardinals, they're at minus three and fourth in the division. I guess the... You wonder... I saw a stat that the Cardinals pitchers are not doing well and that Wilson Contreras is rated poorly from a catcher standpoint of like helping his pitchers. And that's why and that's what the Cubs talked about. Mm-hmm. That's what the Cubs talked about a little bit. Yeah. You saw last year, just last year when Jan Gomes was catching mm-hmm. what the, his starter ERA was compared to Wilson. I'm not trying to poop all over Wilson, but I am. <laughs> Is that because he's wearing different laundry went over right there? Now. He's he, he trash talked the Cubs immediately, which is great for rivalry. I get it. Yep. You're going to come into a new house and you're going to try to build, win over some fans, you're going to do it. But you got what you asked for right now two weeks in. Uh, it's definitely been interesting, for sure. Who's your NL, like, surprise? Um, I won't, I'm going to go Diamondbacks. I knew they had talented, talented team. I think they'd jump out right away like this and be number one mm-hmm. after two weeks yeah. again. Two so, weeks is all. Yep. But um, and then close second would be the Phillies at four and eight. The Phillies are so freaking talented. Mm-hmm. You wonder if that Reese Hoskins injury kind of put him in a down mood a little bit. That did in crutches. Um, but again, they still early have a talent. Yeah, still early. Still a talented lineup mm-hmm. up and down. Yeah. Bryson Stott is off to a good start for them. A guy who they're not really. Mm-hmm. It's not one of their superstars, so. So Philly's number two there. I wanted to highlight a couple of things. Uh, you, do you know who leads the league in batting average? Through the first ten to eleven games. Cheat. You're gonna cheat, <laughs> Luis Arias. No, I can't be. Luis Arias. Oh, I'm not surprised at that. 
Not surprised by that. Do you know what he's batting? Do you know what he's batting? Without looking, I'm going to guess he's batting 562. 537. Do you know who's in second? Uh, are we going off of how many how many at bats do they have to have? Uh, I, 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 I have no I, idea, but this I, guy I see qualifies. It now I, I I I already had it up, but Matt Chapman, dude, is he had a heck of a two. week, huh? Uh, he had a heck of a week. Fifteen RBIs right now. Yep. Uh, he's batting four seventy seven, five twenty one, eight forty one. Yep. Dude had a heck of a week. I think he had a six RBI game. Yep. And one of those that was that RBIs. that was that and, Sunday game, I believe. And yes, Adam Duvall still up there with the Red Sox at third. You just mentioned Stott with the Phillies. He's batting 422 and Vlad. So Chapman at 477 and Vlad at 400. Three, uh, two of the top five uh, regarding. Matt Chapman's in a career year. Mm-hmm. He, he could have really put work into this offseason. He had a disappointing start to his career in Toronto. Mm. But he was. I think he was more highly regarded than Matt Olson was when they were both together in Oakland. Oh, for sure. And he had the better defense, and he had the better bat for multiple years than Olson did. And he's just Olson was better. He's got. I think it was a little easier for Olson to situate himself within that lineup last year than it may have been for Chapman in Toronto. Uh, I think they're as a team. I think the Braves are a better team than Toronto, but uh, that's for just sure. a guess. Uh, another name I want to throw out there. Uh, I picked him last year to win the MVP, and he was a very high percentage um, or a high value pick. Luis Robert or Luis Robert, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Finally, finally, he's got a point nine WAR. He's hitting into three forty seven, but he's slugging seven fourteen. Has five home runs, nine runs, and eleven RBIs. Uh, he hasn't walked yet this year, and he's struck out 24% of the time, so about a quarter percent of, of the time. But he's starting to hit the ball better. He's uh, looking like he's healthy. He's Yes, yes, that is it. And he's a good defender too. Um, so that's another name to watch uh, over the next couple of weeks. But uh, a couple of names towards the top of the list, like Duvall, Robert, and even James Outman continuing to play very well for the Dodgers here through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, do you know who leads the league in home runs? Um, There's four of them. They're I all tied. Just, I just clicked it. Robert's <laughs> one of them. Yep. Mountcastle. Mountcastle's Mount a guy in, in Baltimore. He was a top prospect for them. Came up and really never put it together for him. Mm-hmm. Um, good, it, it is a quietly good bat um, for, mm-hmm. for home runs. He's batting with five home runs, 289, 327, 11 slugging. Yep. And he's got um, 19 have, RBIs the other, to lead the league. Or I don't 18, have the other two me. up from runs. So Brian Reynolds with Robert, the Pirates. Mount Castle. Pete Brian Alonzo. Reynolds, that's right. And Brian Reynolds, yeah. So, fun Pete stuff Alonzo there. Do you know? Hitting, the home run, hitting a home runner and getting out. The dude's betting 222. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and do you know who has the best batting average among teams in the entire league? The best team among batting teams. Among teams. I'm going to go the Diamondbacks. Let's go to the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Diamondbacks are not in the top nine, I don't believe. The Diamondbacks are 10th with a batting average of 259. Leading the league through 10 games with a batting average of 290 is your Chicago Cubs. 
Let's go. They're, they're missing out on the slugging. They only have nine home runs as a team opposed to the Tampa Bay Rays who are into the 30s. So um, the Cubs have been lacking the power. Part of that, I think, is the Wrigley Field uh, wind blowing in and not as great of baseball, at least offensively. Early, early spring. Yeah. Early spring. But, um, that's just a couple of early uh, stats. I don't know. Yeah. Jer- Jared Kelnick has, says otherwise when he put that one home run. Like Schwarber plus, home run. 480 plus, I think I saw. Uh, insane and Kellenick finally coming around too as well I watched a lot of Seattle baseball I even watched the Saturday game versus uh, Sunday game versus the uh, the Guardians that went into extras so I've watched a lot of baseball over the last couple of weeks one of the funniest things and craziest things that I saw though on Twitter this has a tie to you Michael did you see what happened to the Huntsville uh, or the the <laughs> yes you do the, 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 the Rocket, the City, Rocket City, City Trash, trash Man is I did because uh, my neighbor across the street got to throw out the first pitch to uh, to that same game. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, the Rocket City Trash Pandas in the first game of a doubleheader the other night threw a no-hitter, and they lost, and they gave up seven runs. Seven runs and a no-hitter. And they lost. How, How do you do that? Uh, you walk a lot of players, you make some errors, and you just... Every run scores basically, and you hit a, and you hit a lot of guys. You yep. walk a lot of guys, you hit a lot of guys, and a lot of errors. A lot of errors and probably a lot of sacrifices here and there, but that was insane. And then I can't think they came back and what threw a two, three hitter, or was it a one hitter in the game two of the double in, the, in, the, in, in game two? Yeah. I don't know. Game two I know they won. One got way too much national yeah. attention for me to pay attention to game <laughs> two there. But that, that's a crazy local tie how do you do that um with the rocket city trash panels no hitter loss. i've seen no hitter loss but i've never seen no hitter but give up seven runs in a game which is insane so that has been it for us regarding baseball we're gonna switch gears kind of it's still with baseball but we are going back to the gambling standpoint and now we welcome in another member of the phillygodfather.com we're going with the eight ball this week we talked with matt from the college kids a couple weeks ago eight ball happy to have you here on the podcast how you doing tonight man happy to be here doing great uh, i love the looney tunes hoodie uh which you can only see as we're watching on youtube that reminds me of the space jam uh movie back when i was younger <laughs> yeah. um so you can find the eight ball uh at the phillygodfather.com but also very active on twitter that's where i found him and that's where a lot of people interact with him that is at the eight then the number eight a l l so it's spelling out what looks like eight ball you can find them on instagram as well just add an underscore at the bottom and tiktok you just started that uh recently i know you're trying to grow that as well Still figuring out how to use it a little bit yeah <laughs> i am too man I'm, I'm on it every once in a while more so just to watch and scroll but uh not post as much but you can find them there as well it's baseball here we're two weeks in uh there's been a lot of action a lot of changes within the game from last year with the rules what is one thing as a handicapper, as uh, looking into all of this, that you're taking into account with the new rules just two weeks in? So with the bigger bases, you're seeing an uptick in stolen bases this year. A lot of teams are being more aggressive. And when the weather, the humidity starts kicking in later on in the season, you're going to see that start to uh, bring the run totals higher. Right now, you're seeing run totals around eight, eight and a half. I think we're going to see similar to the uh, juice balls a couple years ago where you're going to see totals at nine and a half, ten uh, every day. Yeah, and have you noticed that games are starting to trend towards the over already or are they pretty even so far? Uh, I'm noticing that the games that do go over, they're flying way over. You'll see a total at eight and a half. The game will land 14-15. I don't know if you yeah. saw the Cubs last night. 
Oh, I saw the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I think the total was ten and a half. It ended up, you know, scoring like twenty, twenty-two runs that game. So I think you'll see a lot I of that. The, I had the over. I had the over. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, I know. Uh, especially weather. We talked about this with Matt, but yeah. that's going to play into it as the the temperatures start to rise. What have you noticed stolen bases wise? Um, you mentioned it's going to be higher run scoring. Is that because there's just better run scoring positions? Well, the bases are bigger now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Teams are being a lot more aggressive with the, you know, the bigger bases. Yeah. Uh, what if you time them better, I think, with the pitch clock. So mm-hmm. I think teams are catching on to that as well. And speaking of the pitch clock, what do you think that's doing to the gambling world itself? I think it's helping the regular season in terms of fans and viewers. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to hurt the product in the playoffs if they keep it the same. Because the whole thing about the playoffs is a chess match back and forth between the batter and the pitcher. Right. And if you don't have that tense moment, I think it takes away from it. So with uh, nowadays, prop bets are becoming more and more of a thing, right? As states are becoming more and more legalized, there's the uh, same game parlays and all that. Uh, With more stolen bases, have you noticed any of those prop bet numbers being juiced higher or are they just higher in total? Uh, Anything along those lines? So I haven't seen a big adjustment on the props. I mean, I don't bet a lot of props in baseball besides, you know, strikeout pitchers. In terms of the other ones, I think they're right around the same, but you might see them adjusted as the totals go higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to like a home run prop, I know every once in a while you'll throw one of those on Twitter. Like, how do you decide a Kyle Schwarber? Is it the pitching matchup of the day, or is it just you think he's due? He's been swinging it better. Well, the pitching matchup's part of it. If he has a good, you know, matchup against, let's say Corbin's pitching, you have Mike Trout. Obviously, Mike Trout's a good matchup, but it, a lot mm-hmm. of it depends on the weather and the uh, stadium they're at, the park they're at that day. Certain stadiums like Citizens Bank Park, Coors Field, Wrigley, winds going out, you know, it just adds on to it. Yeah, um, we saw that last night in Wrigley itself. Tampa Bay Rays have started off very hot. One of the best starts in the the best start in the wild card era, but going back to the Yankees, I believe, it's the best start. Do we just condone them and call them World Series champs now, or what do you think of this team? Now, I think they're going to come back down to earth, but obviously they always have elite pitching every year. It's going to carry them. Their hitting has been fantastic. I don't think they mm-hmm. can keep that up as the season goes along. So I think you're going to see them regressing. But they've hit, what, 32 home runs in the first 10 games. Last year yeah. it took them 30 games to get to that total. So they're definitely, you know, overplaying what they should be right now. Yeah, so being that, they've got a 12-0 and record. They've got a big lead in the AL East already. Is there a way that you're looking maybe at a potential future bet that has a better value now just two weeks in than maybe a couple of weeks ago? For the, to win the AL? You know, AL East or the AL altogether. Just are, Do you see trends so far that just tell you, okay, maybe the Blue Jays have a better uh, odds now? What were they, like plus 300 at the beginning of the season? I don't know what their current odds now, but would you buy now with that being said? So I think the division is going to come down to the Yankees and the Rays. It comes okay. down always to pitching. The Blue Jays are a great team, great hitting team. I don't trust their starting pitching. Manoa's been a little off this year. You have uh, Kikuchi. Seems like a waste of money with that contract. Yeah. Uh, Galsman's been all right. But besides that, they're really weak in terms of death pitching-wise. So the Rays are a great bet if you already took them. If not, Yankees, I'd look at their numbers. In terms of the mm-hmm. AL, I still love the Mariners. I think they haven't hit their stride yet. You have Robbie Ray, uh, you have Castillo, you have Logan Gilbert, you have a lot of young arms there, a lot of young talent, Julio Rodriguez, 
Cal Riley, mm-hmm. uh, Ty France, Suarez. So I think the Mariners, you can still get them 20, 25 to 1. I think they're a great bet. To win the AL? Yeah, to win the AL and to win the World Series. Yeah, so you would jump all over that if the number's still 20 to 25. Uh, so yeah. there's a free bet from the eight ball uh anything else um regarding maybe futures or a game that you have circuit circled on the calendar i know the phillies come to cincinnati this week i know great american ballpark can tend to run over how do you determine that is it the uh, home run favorability uh is it just the pitching matchups itself well i think bailey falters on the mound tomorrow uh going against lodolo they just saw lodolo so when you see a pitcher that soon, like, you know, a week later, you know his tendencies, you know what to expect. I think you can expect a better game from the Phillies this time around. So I would look and at the Phillies number. I think it's close to even right now. So it's a great number to take them. And so grab the Phillies at even for Thursday night's game as well. Uh, as the one who just forecasted for that game, 76 degrees at first pitch. Wind's going to be blown out to left field right down the line. So you have to take the over as well. Maybe, yeah, depending on where the number's at, right? How do you determine where, say, it's eight and a half or nine and a half? How do you determine whether you want to buy it or not? Want to? Yeah, where's the value at? Yeah. Oh, where's the value at? Well, yeah. It all depends on the yeah. winds, you know, the humidity. Every game's different, obviously. Pitchers. You just have to look at the stats and statistics and make a decision. And then, last question I have for you. Um, usual so for those just getting into betting now there's a one unit move a two unit move or sometimes you've heard them called percentage moves i know that's what you guys at the phillygodfather.com use how do you determine okay i'm going with a two percent move or a five percent move i know you're very good at that picking those out like uh do you have any idea like is it just that the value is so great that you want to bury that number so when we're looking at uh let's say last night we had a five percent move on the twins basically we saw a downtick in uh lance lens velocity and he'd given up three home runs the game before. Uh, I think he's given up four in total in two games. So his velocity's down. You saw Buxton get to him in the first inning. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they couldn't capitalize any more than that. But they got to him early, and that's the kind of things we look at. That combined with the weather, humidity, and, you know, he's a fly ball pitcher. So mm-hmm. that adds in. Well, thank you. Uh, you. Again, you can find 8Ball over at Twitter and at the 8, the number 8, A-L-L. So, again, that is the the word eight followed by the number eight all on instagram just add the underscore and on tiktok same as twitter thank you for joining us eight ball really enjoyed having you on all of you guys from the animals over at the phillygodfather.com always treat me well and treat us well here on the podcast so if you want to find them go check them out so once again thank you to the eight ball from the phillygodfather.com thanks for joining us man we'll have to have you back anytime thanks for having me on and again, thank you to 8Ball for joining us here on Barrels and Barrels, of bourbon and baseball podcast. Again, you can find him Instagram, Twitter, as well as TikTok and at thephillygodfather.com with all the other animals. We had Matt from the College Kids a couple weeks ago, uh, Philly Godfather himself, the guy in charge of the whole thing. Amazing group of people there. So go check them out. Uh, he did just give out two free moves uh, saying to maybe potentially put some money on the Yankees to win the AL East now because the odds might be a little bit better with the Rays having so much more uh, of, of a grip on the AL East now that most people didn't expect this early, right? It changes the odds. You might be able to get better value there. And he's still saying, throw some money 
on the Seattle Mariners to not only win the AL overall, the AL pennant, but the AL and the World Series. If you can find them at 20 to 1 or 25 to 1, you still may be able to find that. So go check that out. Again, a big thank you to the eight ball uh, on Twitter, as well as from the Philly Godfather.com. Yeah, uh, Michael fantasy, uh, fantasy camp, uh, fantasy baseball camp, anything that you guys are cooking on this week, any player this week that you think might be a good uh, potential pickup over the last couple of days that you've noticed that may be available. Uh, that may be available. Uh, I mean, Ryan Mountcastle's base. Um, dude's got five home runs. He's hitting for decent average. Like we just said, he is king a lot. So that could, Come down, but like we said already, Ryan Mountcastle, the Orioles, um, should should continue giving you home runs. Uh, is James Outman available in many leagues, or has he already been snatched up? He's been pretty swooped up already. But one thing, if you if go look right now, go look right now. If Bryce Harper is available for some reason in your league, just because he's on the IL, mm-hmm. go pick him up. The dude has already been cleared to hit. He's taking swings on field in the batting cage. He's coming back much earlier than they said of All-Star break. He could be back in May. Uh, that's a lot quicker than a lot of people anticipated. Um, what about Joey Weimer? Do you know? If... Joey Weimer of the Brewers. Weimer. Is that how you regard... They got a lot of a lot of highly regarded guys in that outfield um, and field. You know, uh, I think Bryce Terang, mm-hmm. Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer. Weimer wasn't supposed to start, but I think um, they had an injury to their outfield. Um, that got, gave him the opportunity. He's uh, up, He's from uh, the University uh, of Cincinnati. Uh, is he? Yeah. There you go. So um, Brewers have a lot of options there. Garrett Mitchell, like I said, um, I'm not too high on Weimer. You want to see how he how he figures out. I think there's some other other options out there for you. Um, Long term, if you're t- if you're playing in a dynasty league, if he's still available, go grab Logan Ohapi. The Phillies and Angels number one prospect last year mm-hmm. at catcher. The dude already has four home runs um, to start the year in 31 at bats. So um, long term catcher value. Go grab Logan Ohapi. And the last question, I've got a pitcher. Uh, maybe a thought for you. I've just noticed that he's in the top 11 regarding war in the major leagues so far. Anthony Desclafani. I would assume he's probably available in decent amount of leagues. Uh yeah, he's he's pitched twelve innings, only have a point seven three ERA. And what I love to look at for for pitchers overall, mostly starters, WHIP, walks plus hitch, hits divided by innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Anything around one, from from point eight to one point two, one point one five, I think is great. That's a great statistic, easy one one liner to look at for me. ERA, they could have one bad outing, right? And it, and it really blow up. Um, but but yeah, and Anthony Scalfani, a point four nine whip. Not a bad um, thought. Off to a great start. Yeah, over there, and uh, he's a former Red. I know he was a highly regarded pitcher for the Reds, and just never really panned out. He was always hurt, uh, but he's had a pretty decent uh, career. I think he went to the Dodgers for a little bit before he headed to San Fran into the bay and you can always get more information about fantasy baseball from the fantasy baseball camp guys over there uh go check them out on instagram michael doing some great things over there that is going to wrap it up for the sammy sosa episode uh barrels and barrels a bourbon and baseball podcast episode 21 being that it is our sammy sosa podcast i did want to ask you mikey 
Favorite Sammy Sosa memory? I was at uh, 1998. I was at home run number 59. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom checked us out of school. We played hooky that day. And it was September 11th, 1998 that we went and saw Sammy Sosa hit number 59, baby, against the Milwaukee Brewers. So I saw Sammy hit a bunch of home runs in Milwaukee. My dad and I used to go to Milwaukee a lot to go catch up games, and he crushed it in Miller Park. And that was when Miller Park was relatively new. My favorite Sammy memory probably had to be in the NLCS versus the Marlins when he hit that tank of a home run into the camera well in center field. I think it was like 460 feet or whatever it was, and people were just losing it. Uh, that that or uh, maybe right after September 11th in 2001 when he ran out with the flag. With the flag, yeah. With the flag. But uh, this has been the, fantastic. the Sammy Sosa episode. We made it to 21 regular episodes. We've got more in the tank. We're going to have more tastings coming through. I know we've got Larceny Barrel Proof. I've already talked to you guys a couple times about the Blue Notes. We've got we've got uh, Age of or Art of Alchemy coming in. Uh, we're going to have a tasting on that here soon. And also Barrel Craft Spirits sent us uh, Barrel Batch 34, Bourbon Batch 34. So we're going to try that here shortly. I've got to get that out to Mikey here soon. Uh, so we've got a lot coming in down the pike the next couple of weeks. In the next couple of months, we'll at some point have more interviews and more Bourbon 101s. We'll learn more about us throughout the, the time as well. Again, if you've made it this far into the episode, we are about an hour and 25 minutes in. Thank you for listening in. You can find us, Barrels and Barrels, on YouTube. Please hit the subscribe button below if you haven't already. We're trying to get to 100 subscribers by the end of May, so we're a couple of weeks away from there, so hopefully we can get there. Send this out to your friends. If they like baseball, they may enjoy some of this uh, as well. Follow us on Instagram, almost to 1,000, Barrels and Barrels Pod. That's also where you can find us on Facebook. Review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and uh, iHeartRadio Podcasts as well. Thank you to each and every one of our listeners who chime in, comment, and uh, just tell us what they think about the episode. We'd love to hear what you thought about this as well, if this has been your first episode. If you drank what we drank. Yeah. If you drank what we drank tonight, let us know what you thought of it, yeah. where you ranked it on our system. I know Daniel, uh, Daniel, which is bourbon underscore hunt on Instagram, he just commented that uh, he really loved the rabbit hole from last week, the high gold. That was his favorite when he went and visited this distillery. So if you've had this or if you're a fan of the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof line, We'd love to hear your thoughts on what you thought of A123 already. Or if you haven't gotten it already, I think, personally, grab it. If you find it at the price of sixty nine ninety five to about 75 bucks is about how much I would pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, at me and Brendan here reviewed A123, and then we compared it to B521. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we both agree A123 uh, wins it out. I think so. Between those yeah. two. That's the one I continue to grab, and this is all I have left. I'm going to have to mooch some more from you or go find my own uh and speaking of that michael loved the rabbit hole so much last week he went out and bought his own bottle i did i I went and stopped in there's a liquor store right next to the grocery store which is not a good thing Mm -mm. and i was like you know what i'm gonna buy myself something and it was between the rabbit hole and the four roses small select which is severely underrated yes severely underrated um i was like you know what I rated that thing as an all-star. I got grabbed it, and I grabbed grab that it. rabbit hole. Rabbit hole, I gold. And uh, I'm almost 
I'm about 40% left of mine. So I really hit that hard over the Easter weekend as well. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us there at Barrels and Barrels. You can find Michael BNB Barrels. Oh, excuse me. You can find Michael Burns BNB, uh, as well as myself, WX Spinner, as well as YouTube, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Email us any questions, any thoughts. We're going to have more t shirts out there. We just put in an order, but we'll have a couple extra. Barrels and Barrels at gmail.com if you want one. Again, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, iHeartRadio Podcast. And did I say Amazon already? I think I did. But uh, please rate and review us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any last words, Mikey? For our friends, family, and listeners. Let's go.